Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Mighty Whites podcast, which no one will be listening to live because it's 2pm on a weekday. Uh, and we'll see how this one comes out because I am on baby duty looking after my wonderful daughter, but she is a bit young to understand the concept of shut up for a bit. Uh, I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. Hello. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad. I'm in a quiet, child-free environment, just watching Paw Patrol on my own. Yeah, it's it's only in the background, but if I turn it up any louder, it'll get picked up by the mic. So there's not really a great deal I can do. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to just explain things at the start and you have to give an explanation. If it comes out crap, it comes out crap. I imagine that it's a bit like Rodrigo explaining himself in the team meeting today. Like, uh, Would you like to explain your decision, Rodrigo? Ro- voice from the back of the room. What's to explain? He's an idiot. Well, basically, I just twatted it across the pitch. And that sexy pirate at left-back is pretty sharp. Agreed. <laughs> Joffy moves to the front of the squad. I can't stand it any longer. This whole team is insane. Insane, I tell you. Ah! Ah! I can be lazy too. Look at me. Hi, I'm a player who doesn't fit the style, just like Rodrigo. Put me in the team. I'm peeing on the seat. Put me in the leadership group. Now I'm returning to the meeting without washing my hands. But it doesn't matter because I'm Rodrigo. I don't need to do my work because someone else will do it for me. Oh, oh. Hey, are you okay, Joffy? I'm better than okay. I'm Rodrigo. Ha, you wish. Oh, hi, Jesse Marsh. I'm the worst presser in the world. Time to go home to my mansion and eat my lobster. Oh, what's this? Extremely risky pass. Well, I don't need to play it simple because I'm Rod. <laughs> Just go. go. Oh. Oh. Um, I knew that would kill you, and that is early enough. That I think everyone will get oh. the reference. If yep. you don't get the reference, I sound like an insane person. Oh. <laughs> And I felt pretty like an insane person, to be honest, at the end of Leeds nil, Arsenal won. Uh, good, good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Really good performance. <laughs> it Couldn't was, really um, slag it off. It was, um, yeah, it's the the best performance of the season, I think. Definitely uh, the second half. I've I've put in the notes that this. I, I think it's in the description of this. That the second half is our best forty-five minutes of the season, and I don't even think it's close. No, and especially when you you know we played very well against Chelsea, but you kind of looked at their situation going into that, and obviously replacing uh, Tuchel shortly after that. Actually, your daughter sounds a lot like a cat. Yeah, it's amazing. You might <laughs> you might you might see my, you might see my daughter looking awfully like a cat in a second if it steps slightly this way. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like in terms of going into facing a team and the pessimism with which we went into the game, um, yeah, it was a, it was a nearly an all round fantastic performance. I still would say that it was an all round fantastic performance, just not I think, a result. I think, it, I think it was the word all round. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, for, we'll be somewhat chronological with it. The first half was pretty even. Um, like we had Sinister had a couple of good efforts from distance and we had that scramble from a corner, which I still wasn't in the highlights I saw. 
it's it looked like there was a pretty good chance for Strauch in there. Mm. But from the stand, it was a bit... When it's a goal-mouse scramble, you can't always tell. Uh, and they they created a couple, a couple of all-right chances from exit box and one good one for Jesus that went over. So in terms of chances created, pretty even. But there's also the chance we created for them. Um, it's got to be in the top 0.1% of stupid passes ever played. I mean, the still image is that I think that will become legendary. I have seen a couple of people adding um, what I referred to in a previous life as uh, House and Is Now style arrows for what Rodrigo should have done. What, <laughs> what Rodrigo, Rodrigo did. did. <laughs> but you know, when you're just looking going, like, that's as if someone has. has like photoshopped someone taking a free kick the wrong way. Yeah, it's it was an insane thing to do. I think that he watched a PSG game because Messi does that ball. But mm. what he does it from is from a throw-in when all the players are over the pitch. And because it's a plan, the their team, whether it be PSG or Argentina, they put two men over that side. Yeah. Ready for it. This, we have to assume he was aiming for Strauch because that's where it went nearest to. But even if he gets it perfectly to his feet, it's a horrific pass. Like, yeah, just because all time dumbass decision. I feel like the best that could have come from that was that Strauch wins a header and heads it 20 yards forward. Yeah, to an Arsenal player. Yeah. Because we don't have a winger stood out on that touchline. No. I um I, I can't get my head around what he was thinking. And to be honest, as much as I take the piss and stuff, like for the half hour before he did that, he was actually playing fine. Like he wasn't bad at all. No one was. We were playing pretty good. But I don't think he could explain what he was thinking when he did that. He just had a complete brain fart. And unfortunately, not only did it cost a goal, because... Obviously, it goes across. Saka knocks it down to Erdegaard. Erdegaard plays him through. Really good finish from a tight angle. In the ground, I just thought it was a good finish. Having seen it back on telly, I, I couldn't call it particularly good goalkeeping either. Mm. Um, it's not a error by Melier, but it's not good. Um, still like 99% to 1% in Rodrigo's favour. Uh you just can't do things like that. And I was on about it because uh, obviously I went to the game and I was talking to my dad and he said, and we were basically saying how, you know, if we'd thrown like Sonny Perkins into this game out of nowhere and he did that because he's trying so hard to impress and he's a young kid and he made a silly mistake. You go, that's really annoying, but I can see what happened. I mean, what is he, 31, nearly 32, played in, played at big international tournaments, played for his country, everything. And the leadership group doesn't mean that much, but if you're in it, you can't be making silly mistakes like that. And it, especially like, against a team that's this good. Yeah, the, the, the frustration ultimately at that point was that we, we were competing with top of the league. In, in a good game, they had chances, but we were we were very solid. 
at the back. The chances they had, you wouldn't say we were making any any glaring errors at the back or anything like that. Um, and then you just you're just watching a pass, and and as soon as he as soon as he hits it, it's that thinking of like t- take the we don't play like that. We've never done anything like that. You've never done anything like that, as best I remember. No, and in fairness, Marsh when he was doing it, he just said, "Yeah, I don't know why he's done it. We don't do that." <laughs> like we we never have. It it just sort of just came out of nowhere, and then it was not quite to the same extent. But that time, Simon Grayson sent Alex Cairns to warm up after Paul Rahubka's mistakes against Blackpool. When you're watching him on the touchline talking to Patrick Bamford, going like, "Well." I wonder who's coming off at half-time. Yeah, well, the other thing was, you could tell it really affected Rodrigo, because having been actually playing all right before that, he, he's, the second he, the next time he got the ball, the ball came to him at no pace, and he took such a bad touch that he nearly kicked it straight out of play. Mm. He just, his head, his head was gone. So it was absolutely no shock when he went off at half-time. The shock was, and this is the one bit of it where I have to say I didn't like what Marsh did. Although the rest of it, he was absolutely fine. I was amazed when I saw Rodrigo's name on that starting lineup ahead of Bamford. Even if even if Bamford was only fit enough for forty five minutes, I'd have started him. I mean, it, it, it's that thing now of, I suppose ultimately, in terms of the overall performance of the game, that the plan worked out starting Rodrigo because. Up until that point, which is the majority of the first half, he, he did play well. And outside of his finishing, Bamford did really well. So in terms of that, it, it actually worked out as a plan. But you just kind of have one or two, well, two specific individual moments that, that, have, that have also cost us. Yeah, I suppose it wasn't. Um, it wasn't that decision that cost us. Poor finishing did in the end, but I'm still. I was still very surprised by it. So that's the first half. We've played pretty well. Second half, we were absolutely outstanding. Uh, Bamford coming on made the difference, and obviously I've put the title of this as Championship. Bamford is back, and that's a good thing. Hmm. And it is because yeah, he missed two one on ones, and. He missed the target with a penalty, and you should never miss the target with a penalty. And to be honest, he made it so obvious where we were going that I think Ramsdale had saved it, even if it was going in off the post, because Ramsdale went early and full length. But I can forgive that, because just how much better were we for having him there? I think that unit of... Bamford, Sinistera, Harrison and Aronson pressing yeah. was was so effective at what they did. And it just and again, not to not to be critical of, of Rodrigo, but when you have four players that are just that on it, it gave them so little time and, and it, the positions we were winning the ball back in were absolutely fantastic. At, you know, I know, I know Arsenal got forward once or twice, but you look at the areas we were picking our passes around the halfway line, we were dispossessing them 25, 30 yards from goal. They just weren't allowed to get out for, for large periods of time. 
Um, and, and I thought when it does break that line, Adams and Rocker did a very good job. Like Adams was all over the place, picking off the pa- like picking off passes and um, making tackles when he needed to. Um, and Rocker's passing was brilliant. Yeah, both centre mids had good games again. I thought, I mean, Adams in particular, he he really did have a strong performance. Uh, I suppose we will do a little bit of the chronology of the second half. Like you basically missed the thing right I, at the start, didn't you? I, I was completely unaware of this disallowed goal because uh, I was about I, I arrived about two minutes into the second half, uh, having prepared lunch. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I never even saw a replay of this. We'd all just moved on with life. Yeah. And it wasn't until after the game that I, I was watching this clip going, is this from last season? What? Huh. Yeah. Um, balls played back to Rocker, whips in a pretty good cross, uh, deflected up. Um, Gabrielle's jumping for it. And Bamford sort of leans on him, I suppose, and put, does nudge him under the ball. In the, this is one of them weird ones where in the ground, I immediately thought he's pushed him there. That that won't count. And then you watch it back on telly, and he hadn't really pushed him. It's Gabriel you would, was you very would, much... we, I would I would really want the decision if it was Leeds, but it was bad defended. Yeah, Gabriel has, has really um, has really made the most out of the contact in his back and and really sold it, hasn't it? Uh, you know, I think that's sort of the best way to explain it. Like, ultimately, very, very soft, very soft, but um, soft. But the problem with it is it was soft, but you couldn't say it was wrong, yeah. And that means that VAR's got no chance of overturning it, unfortunately. Because the funny thing, as well, going in into that, as well, is when Rocker puts that cross in, Bamford and, and Gabriel have basically got a hold of each other as the ball's first coming in. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised that when it came his way, the ref wasn't prepared to to give a free kick straight away. Because I think you see it side on but as the ball goes over them from the initial cross, they're basically just sort of turning each other around in a circle, um, having a bit of a wrestle. But you know, yeah. fortunately, they would they would stay apart from each other for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Um, then Leeds do get a penalty. Ball into the box. Saliba basically catches the ball about six yards out. I have no idea how the referee didn't give this in real time. It might have been the clearest handball of the entire season. Um, <laughs> I j- it was a weird one in the ground because it was so obvious that people weren't even angry. They were straight mm. up for the 10 seconds after. But then as play went on, everyone just went, well, it's not going to matter because there's going to be a penalty in a minute. It's it won't make any difference. That's why no one was really worried when Arsenal had the attack straight after, because everyone knew it's getting pulled back. Don't worry about it. And then, it, and then it, unfortunately, it, Bamford screws it wide. How how did you feel when you saw Pat Bamford holding onto the ball there? Look, I you can tell you can't always tell if they're going to score or not, but you can tell who looks confident, and he didn't at all. He looked, you know, a lot of people compared it to that. You know when he hadn't scored for ages and when he missed one against QPR? Yeah. He looked like that, basically. He needs a goal desperately. Whereas, I I honestly think in this game, 
if that goal at the start of the second half counts, Leeds win. I think if Bamford scores this penalty, Leeds win. Mm. I just, he just, the confidence isn't there. But I honestly think it'll come. Because he had that and he had the couple of one-on-ones. Uh, obviously, the penalty is a bad pen. But you saw it on telly. You know the second one-on-one? Yes. When uh, I think it might have even been Somerville. I can't remember when he came on. But someone played him through. And and Saliba like, grabs him and pulls him back. And he still gets there. But he gets there a bit later because of the pullback. And therefore, Ramsdale's right out to cover the angle. In the stand, that looked absolutely blatant. And like, it technically could be a red because he's last man, but he's already on a yellow from the handball for the penalty. It definitely looked like it was at least a yellow card and no foul was given. No, I don't. I didn't understand how nothing was given for that. Like, it's clearly got a hold of him. Um, And again, the, the issue with that being whether VAR looks at it and and initially thinks well it's a set it's a yellow card offense so we can't step in um which but, is a stupid rule but that is the rule yeah like they only deal in red cards even if it is a second yellow and it's just um but yeah like it it was it was a ridiculous thing to do given he was already on a yellow anyway um but it's it's a, it's a what was it before going into into this game we hadn't had a VAR decision go our way, and then it was like um, it's like that run where we went without having a penalty for felt like five years, and then we got that penalty and didn't score it and missed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the uh, te- textbook leads, I believe. I can't remember which team it is, but one of the teams in the championship. I think our ridiculous run without a penalty was like sixty games or something like that. Uh, and I think that there's a team getting close to 100 now. But I can't Ooh. remember who it is. I read some on Twitter. Um, before of all the handbags at the end, there is one. What in the ground I thought was a massive, massive chance, and I still do. Uh, we're getting... from Bamford lays it down to Allenson. Good pullback. Somerville, who eats chances like this for breakfast in the 21s, skies it and skies it miles over. I did so I was interested, so I looked at the XG model and that was 0.08. I reckon that's way better than a one in twelve chance. I reckon that's a one in four. Uh and I was fuming because I've been dying for a minute. I've been dying for him to get minutes. And that was such a big chance, and I'd have loved him to get some confidence. Yeah. Um I just thought I, th- I thought that the, the times he did get on the ball. He looks, he looks good, and this was a game that suited him a lot more than Palace. The ball was coming into his feet. He was able to to run at people, um, and he looked like the Somerville you see playing for the for the twenty ones. Um, and it, and it's, I suppose, the encouraging sign is that he's getting that he was getting into those positions. You know, it's it's unfortunate that that he didn't take the chance, but um, the, the the saving graces I've seen plenty of. Fantastic Leeds players miss chances like that over and over again. So um, he's not the only one. Um, yeah, it's not the only one. Uh, we have had a message off a friend of ours, Alex. It's a long one, but basically another weekend of awful decisions. Both scum and Newcastle should have had penalties. I've now seen them back here. Yeah, they, they, pro- they maybe should have both had one, the Newcastle one especially. 
and Haaland getting his goal disallowed, I think, was very harsh. Referees just shy at the net. Yeah, and, and the, the frustrating thing about it was that, I suppose, on the scale that we that we grade on, I thought the referee actually had a decent game, all things considered. Um, you know, it, it, we did have a half hour where he didn't have a where he was trying to fix. I imagine it was him, probably with a screwdriver, um, trying to fix the the communication systems, checking the goal line technology himself. Um, but like I, I, th- I thought, for the most part, he had a good game. Yeah, it was a bit weird because there were some strange decisions. Like, obviously, we've had so many refs that were way too card happy and then he just refused to book anyone for anything. Like, I mean, there, there were examples to both teams, but the most egregious one was Christensen late on. He got done by Martinelli and he just put both hands on both shoulders and just pulled him over. It was the most blatant yellow card you'll mm. ever see. Nothing. I just felt, it's just a, It's just all the time. Um, then there's the handbags at the end. We don't need to go through everything, but uh, Gabriel has a kick out at Bamford on the floor after Bamford's pushed him over. Linesman gives a penalty and a red card. They were right to overturn the penalty because Bamford fouled him first. Like, there's no way around that. He absolutely did foul him first. And the the Gabriel kick is very soft, but it is a kick. So I don't know how that became a yellow. Yeah, that that seems a strange one to me because whether I feel like with violent conduct, whether it's attempted or actually hit, like it's still violent conduct. Violent conduct doesn't rely on like oh, I swung to punch him in the face, but he didn't make it. Like he missed, so it's a yellow. Like that's I don't think that's how violent conduct works. No, you're not supposed to ref on outcomes. It's why we were so annoyed at that Stroud red card last season. Because it was just unfortunate that Javier Elliott's ankle got broken by an actually all right tackle. Mm. And this was, you know, it was a rubbish kick. But a rubbish kick is still a red card as a, as a, you know, a good one would be. Um, with it being this early in the season and we're still not in the worst position, unlike back end of last season, can we at least take the positives out of it? Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot to um, there's a lot to take from that. The 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 thing I, I I still worry about a little bit is like Arsenal as as difficult as it was for them in the second half. You do always wonder if there was another gear they could have kicked into. Um, like I, I and I think we did a very good job of stopping them. It's now whether we can do stuff like that again. You know, we've got, was it Leicester and Fulham coming up now? Um, Those are the teams that you need to do that in and get points from. It's, um, you know, that that game, that performance will ultimately mean nothing if there is no follow-up to it. Yeah, that that is massive. Uh, the, The game's coming up. If we play like we did against Arsenal, we'll be all right. It's just whether we can do that or not. Uh, last thing about this game, who who like really stood out for you in this one? Who would you like? Not if you were picking a man at match, give that. But whoever, like, who was it that really stood out? Um, I thought the fullbacks did very well. Um, you know, we spoke about the the difficult job that that they're going to have against Martinelli and, and Saka, and I think 
for the most part, again, they're very steady performances from both of them. And it's good to see that from Christensen kind of putting back-to-back performances in like that now after what was a struggle of a start for him. Thought Strauch did really well, got forward. It's going well at, at the Robshaw household. Um, you can probably guess what's happening if you're watching live. <laughs> <laughs> can I have that back, please, Ava? Thank you. <laughs> um, when when called upon, I thought the centre mids did really well. And then it's it's kind of looking like almost looking at them in units as opposed to individual performances. Like I said, I don't think you could differentiate much between Bamford, Harrison, Sinistera, and, and Aronson. Like that, that was just a unit that did its job exceptionally well. Uh, yeah, they they all played well for midfield. I, if I was picking one out, it would be Strauch again. I thought he was, I thought he was absolutely fantastic in this game, uh, right the way through. Um, and although the goal sort of in a way came down his side, I don't think I can put any blame on him for it. Uh, but yeah, and Adams, I thought was very good as well. Uh, did you watch any of the twenty ones last night? Uh, I didn't know. One sec, I'm gonna have to pick up this child. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way around it. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, a slightly disappointing defeat from from the looks of things. But I, I think with the game on Thursday as well, it was always going to be a case of us um, t- withdrawing a few players from from the twenty ones as well. Yeah, she she's not happy. She's not happy at all. Um, basically, first half. Pretty even game against Bolton, who picked a pretty strong team. Uh, should have been probably level at halftime. Uh, Bod Varson's got a good goal for them. But the uh, Sean McGurk got put clean through twice and missed them both. Like He had to score those chances, really, at least one of them. Second half, they got better and Leeds got knackered. And they went on to win 3-0. But it wasn't a terrible performance at all, really. It was a, the sort of one where... You looked at the way the game was set up and you thought if they would have been allowed to have a couple more first-team squad players, which it's fair enough that they couldn't because obviously they're they're there to play on Thursday. You can't risk out. Um, But I reckon that we could have beaten. But it basically leaves us in a situation where we've still got to play crew because it got called off earlier in the season. If we beat crew, we, we qualify. So that should be good. We're on the road to Wembley. Yeah. Um, And then we're on the road to Leicester. Thursday, quarter past eight. Um, They are somehow... I mean, I know it's not an amazing squad, but it's pretty good. They're bottom at league with five points from ten. Are you surprised Brendan Rodgers is still in a job? Yeah, because he seemed to say he's goodbyes about a month ago, because I think even he assumed he was... He was uh he was gone at that point, but um it's it's somewhat bizarre what what has happened with them this season. Um, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago against Bournemouth, they they started out really well and then they just really tailed off. Um, I mean, the only thing is, I, I look at I look at that team, and obviously they lost players in the summer. So they've they've had to keep hold of Telemans because if he goes, I, there's there's not a lot going on in the spine of your team all of a sudden. Um, like if, if you took the the front five 
on any given at any given point. It's it's quite good. You know, you're still looking at Barnes and Madison. You've got um, Pat Sandaka starting more often now. Who you know, I think if he gets a good run in the team, should be good for them. Um, you've got hold of Teal. You've kept Tealemans for a year, um, and I quite like Jewsbury Hall as well. I think he's a good player coming through. But yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of his. I think Keenan yeah. Jewsbury Hall is a seriously good player. And no matter which way you look at it, him and Tealemans in midfield with one of Samari or Ndidi behind them, hmm. that is not a central midfield three that should be anywhere near bottom of the league. But I always want to call him Jack Dewsbury Hall because the Portland Timbers captain was Jack Dewsbury. So that's stuck in my head now. Um, the thing when you look at that team, though, is is that back line all of a sudden. It, it, James Justin is a good player. Um, that face, I think that's how you say it, who's come in. I'm still not 100%, but it seems to be, even though it says fate, it seems to be fast. That's According it. to various yeah. commentators. Um, I've, I've not been impressed when I've seen him. You've got Johnny Evans, who, good central defender to have, but is is 34 now and is off the back of, uh, he was he had quite a big injury last season, didn't he? Um, you've yeah, Castagna is fine, and then you've got Danny Ward, who um, I do not believe should be a Premier League number one. No, I mean by every statistical metric and from the eye test, he's the worst goalkeeper in the league this season. Yeah, like, so... there's, there's no way around that. Either stop pressing buttons. <laughs> so I mean the the good news for us is uh no Madison this week uh, on Thursday with his stupid suspension. Yeah, he got booked for he got booked for diving in the last minute, didn't he? Yep. Um so they will be like obviously we've gone through a lot of players, but they've been on paper a four one four one, but I guess it's a four three three if the you know if the wingers really push up. And you would think that for this game it'll be Barnes on the left who We've played four games against Leicester back in the Premier League and he scored in all of them. Yeah. And uh, pro- with Madison being out, probably a Josie Perez. Yeah, I was just looking at their bench from the last couple of games. and he It's Perez or all Brighton, isn't it, really? So yeah. You Perez. Uh, and it'll be, as I said, it'll be Vardy or Dakar up top. I think it'll probably be Vardy just because he always causes us loads of problems. And they've got two games in a few days as well. So I think whichever one starts against us won't start at the weekend. They'll switch them over. I must say, I was very surprised because I knew I knew the Amazon games were this week. Uh, I was very surprised to see games going on last night. So, so obviously those two, those four teams had only had a day's rest between those games. Which I, was quite, I, was, I thought there was more games happening on the Thursday when we play. Yeah, no, because uh, the ones that played last night will have all played Saturday, won't they? So it'll have been Saturday, Tuesday. Who played? Because Brentford played Friday night. And who did they play? Uh, on on the Friday, they played uh, Brighton, because I watched that. Yeah. So Brighton were one of the teams that played last night, weren't they? Yeah. And then um, there was Forest, Palace and Wolves. And yeah, because I watched the, the they... Palace and Wolves game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all just more complaints about TV scheduling, I suppose, at this point. But um, no, I'll be 
I'll be, I'll be, I'm very interested to see how we align up. Like you would think that there's one change that's probably going to get made to that team. Well, my next question was any changes for Leeds, and the note underneath is this: Start Bamford for fuck's sake. Um, I mean, don't, if... don't don't swear in front of your children as well. She's comfy enough that I forgot that she was there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, again, uh, that looking... that will be the only change, will it? Bamford for Rodrigo. You'd assume so. Um, I, I know it's probably not going to do Rodrigo's confidence any good, but you you can't take anything from that second half other than going forward. We looked so much better with Bamford leading the line, and if there's a yeah. defense, and if there's a defense you you want to Harry. And, and put under pressure. That's the team to be doing it to at the moment. Yeah. Um, good things. Um, Leicester, you wouldn't think, could sit back in time waste. Especially not at home. I know they're out of form, but they are a, like, quote-unquote, footballing side. Mm. So, they should play in a way that suits us, you would think. But the, the thing with Leicester's squad is that if they actually turned up and play well, it's a good side. So it won't be easy. There's a lot of Leeds fans saying that this is a must-win game. Do you agree with them? I, yeah, I think I do. Like we are in, you know, we speak about the poor form that that Leicester are in, but we've not won in six now. Yeah, I've got two points from his last six games. You know, it, it's if you don't want to be an out-and-out out relegation contender you can't have runs like that go much longer um and especially against a team who won win this season against forest and i know they absolutely battered forest but forest are a team with their own problems yeah. as well forest haven't exactly been good it did, and yet sit a point above them um yeah. this crazy crazy world we live in but you know you look and just think that ultimately in the next week, and I know we're well, you know, after this we'll be ten games in, but we could ultimately be in the relegation zone, depending on how results go with, the, with this round of fixtures. Yeah. Um, you see, I, I wouldn't say this is must win. I'd say this one is must not lose. Fulham at home on Sunday is must win. You have to win that game. Like for instance, I don't think you can call a game must win when the other team are Bucky's favourites. Hmm. Like Leicester are a shorter price to win this game than Leeds United, are. and it just like whether you think that that's a wrong price is very. But like it's whereas when we play Fulham, you'd think we will be we may well even be odds on for that game. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the I suppose that the, the the reasoning where you go into that is that you look at a Leicester team that are bottom of the table and and are playing horrendously. Fulham have mm. have, have started all right. Yeah. Um, I I don't know whether they've got the team to to sustain the the steady start they've made. Like I think it's better than last time they were here, but I, you know, it's still a team that's led by Mitrovic, who I feel like as the season goes on, is is still not going to get the service he needs. Yeah, he's, I mean he's miles better than he was last time, but the team mm. is better too. Um, but, but yeah. If we got a draw out of this game, I wouldn't be furious. If we lose, I will be. I, th- I think the other concern is as well is that if we don't get a win out of this, I think Ellen Road would be a very nervy place. Yeah, going true. into that Fulham game. 
and it, it radiates quickly, does that? Um, whereas I think you, I think if you if you beat Lesser, I suppose if you get four points from these two games, whichever way around it comes, it's steady enough. Yeah. Um, but it does. If you can get it on Thursday, it it takes a bit of pressure off Saturday or oh, definitely. Whenever, whenever we play. So will we? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, put it this way, I've I've got us down as no because I've got two all. Uh, no, you know what? I actually I back us in this one. Like I say, I, I think taking Madison out is is going to be a huge bonus. And I also Perez is, is a decent player, and I like him. But um, Madison is is a better player. We we need to get to grips with Barnes, who um, he'll be Christensen's problem. So again, another a bit of a test for him again. But if you've come through Saka and uh, Zaha doing all right, then you know I'll back him to to compete with with Madison. Uh, sorry, with well, Barnes. Um, and then yeah, if we can if we can get them on the back foot and press them as well as we did Arsenal in the second half, like we should have stretches where we keep them pinned in. Yeah, we both got. I didn't mention we both got two points for the Arsenal one because we both had us losing, but the wrong score. So yeah, I'm going to all against Leicester. Uh, did you say an exact score? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to completely undo myself and say we win three 0 Three 0 win. Uh, and do you have a bet in mind? Because I do. Uh, you go with yours first, then. Uh, I aren't going as mental as I did last time with a real long shot. Uh, Bamford to score, Christensen card, and leads to either win or draw at seventeen to one. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to type on this one. As Harrison. Soon... Oh yeah, I'm going Jack Harrison first goal scorer at twelve to one. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, something that we didn't actually talk about just because you mentioned it, even though we sh- we should have talked about it earlier, but it's worth mentioning now. In the first half, Allenson played on the right and Harrison played at ten. Hmm. Uh, which was interesting. I don't think it particularly worked, but I don't think it was awful either. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to see because Allenson has been at his best on the right, I think, for the most part. I like Sinistero off the left, but I like Harrison off the left. So if Harrison does fancy playing 10 and can do it, but I wonder if we'll see that again for this game. Um, That's what I'm hoping for, really, is... Is that and, and like you say, if you if you've got three three willy runners from the sort of attacking midfielders in Harrison, Sinister and, and Aronson, it's I, th- I think it makes the job easier than having to sort of allow for Rodrigo because there were times I think when Arsenal had the ball in the first half where you would see Harrison Harrison would kind of be up next to Rodrigo. I think mm. at times to, to, to press. Um, whereas I suppose if you've got Bamford up there, you don't need him to, to quite move that far up unless unless there is another man there. I think he probably still will. I think that they'll press as a pair. Yeah. Because when it works, it works really well. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. It should be an interesting one. Uh, I'm glad it's an away game because it, it shouldn't make that much difference, but a quarter past eight kickoff when you're there, Feels really late. 
it's it's all over the place with mixed yeah there was a fair difference in the in the two kickoffs last night as well yeah um bloody sky tv i know it's amazon but bloody sky yeah come on jeff get him i don't think i don't think that enough people will know that one uh so yeah i think that'll do us uh while if it's oh that'll definitely do us because i have a feeling that i know what i have to do the second we finish this record so uh yeah uh so yeah i've been jack see ya i mean casey have a good one do you want to say bye ever say bye nah screw you dad uh <laughs> i thought you were becoming one of those parents for a second jack i was worried nah just while she's here i thought i'd see if she would listen turns out no she's just like a mother anyway see you later <laughs> <laughs>